And hello to all you Foxborough faithful, and welcome to your Tuesday edition of Locked On Patriots, your daily home for news, notes, analysis, and the occasional opinion on your six-time Super Bowl champions, Patriots. Locked On Patriots, as always, is a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's show is brought to you in part by Mack Weldon. And remember, Mack Weldon is probably better than whatever you're wearing right now. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code Locked On. I am your host, Mike DeBate. I cover the Patriots for FullPressCoverage.com, which is where you can always find my written work. You can also reach out to me on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C. And be sure to follow Locked On Patriots on Twitter at L-O underscore Patriots. Today's show will be well-liked by Patriots fans, but may not be by everyone else, uh, because it seems that the best way to get attention in the realm of sports media these days is to compare the rankings of NFL quarterbacks, both currently and even all-time. And with the National Sports Morning Show's hot take machines in full operation, I decided to make, as Vincent LaGuardia Gambini would say, a counter-offer. And I invited a voice of reason in among the sea of attention seekers this morning. The editor-in-chief of Full Press Coverage is back today. Ian Glendon will join me in just a bit. And it's always fun when Ian and I share the microphone. I hope that you will enjoy this one as well. And I will welcome my good friend here in a minute. But first, I have a question for you. Yes, you, listening out there. Do your weekend plans involve watching football? What a ridiculous question, right? Of course they do. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and, you guessed it, watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them, there is nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. My bookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and mybookie.ag is the best in the business. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best, so do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKED ON to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKED ON. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid with my bookie. The Patriots earned another dominant win over the New York Jets on Sunday, and it was a complete effort. Offense and defense looked great. Special teams, well, we'll call that a work in progress for right now. But the Patriots have some concerns of the injury kind, and player health is going to be a spotlight this week, and we will be discussing that today. But one concern the Pats don't seem to have, and that's under center. Tom Brady is still looking great out there, folks, at the age of 42. But that has not stopped some of the cynical soothsayers from trying to continue to accelerate his demise and also anoint the next big thing. We all know who we're talking about here. We don't have to name names. You know. But fear not because I've called in the man who can set the record straight today. His voice is a light in the dark forest of the hot take machines. You know him as one of the best and key frontline soldiers in the crusade against Brady Derangement Syndrome. He is the editor-in-chief of Full Press Coverage, the managing editor of FPC NHL, and the host of numerous shows on Full Press Radio. He is a friend of the program. He is my personal great friend. 
Ian Glendon joins us today. Ian, forgive me, I don't have the sound bite, but let me just start by saying hello. La, la, la. Hello, my friend. And, and I, I want to add that naming names can uh, cause some trouble. I was, uh, I was once blacklisted at Hop Sings for naming names. So oh, you, 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 you want to be a little careful. <laughs> See, right off the bat, folks, right off the bat, I set it up with a hello. He comes back with la, 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 and mentions Hop Sings. How much better can you get? <laughs> Anybody that's a Seinfeld fan is laughing right now. Anybody that's not has absolutely lost beyond belief. But you know what, Ian? It's all about moving forward and all about being positive. And we love our Seinfeld references. Anybody that's listened to any time that we've shared the microphone together knows that is indeed the case. Um, we're going to get to the quarterback hype train in just a moment, buddy, but uh, I wanted to start with the news of the day, and that is the Pats walking wounded. Several key players are nursing some key injuries. Uh, thankfully, yesterday, it looks like uh, Julian Edelman's best injury seems to be more positive than negative. Uh, the reports yesterday around Foxborough indicated that he should be okay, and not surprisingly, he wants to play on Sunday, I know, but we'll see if that happens, but... Uh, you know, there's also uh, minor injuries that uh, were reported for Josh Gordon, Adam Butler, and even Dante Hightower seem to be banged up. Dante Hightower was in Foxborough. He appeared to be in good spirits. Not sure what that means at this point. We haven't heard anything official, but keeping our fingers crossed definitely on him. But uh, the unfortunate news of the day yesterday was James Devlin and him being placed on injured reserve with a neck injury. Looks like he suffered at in uh, week two against Miami. So, but I'm going to pull a Thornton melon on you here and I'm going to ask my first question in two parts. Uh, the first part is, are the Pats missing in Devlin and in a, a, a really an irreplaceable type of player when it comes to blocking and the running game. I know Jakob Johnson was called up from the practice squad. Bill Belichick praised him yesterday on the media conference call, uh, going above and beyond to talk about his work ethic, but it's definitely going to be less than what Devlin gives you. So is that irreplaceable for the Patriots? And also, with Isaiah Wynn and Nikhil Harry figuring to be big parts of this offense, they're on IR too. So does that make Devlin the odd man out? Because only two can come back at this point, and it looks like Wynn and Harry are going to be highly uh, relied upon, especially down the stretch. You know, I don't want to say this in disrespect for, to James Devlin, because I love James De- Devlin, and he, I think he's clearly the best at what he does at a position that, that is almost non-existent now in today's NFL. But um, I, he, is he irreplaceable? I wouldn't say, you know, I would say no, because... I, I would just, you know, look, the, the Patriots can do so many different things uh, to make up for what Devlin does. Now, having Devlin is an advantage because, again, he, he gives you uh, the edge in, in a lot of different situations because not, not every team has a guy like James Devlin who can do the things that he does. However, um, it, it's a very it's – it's a, it's a pretty tough predicament, I guess, for the Patriots to be in because, again, like you said, they have two – two spots available for players to come back once they go on injured reserve. And you have three players that have a very strong case for that. Um, I would say Isaiah Wynn, if he's healthy, a hundred percent, no doubt would be one of those two. So it basically comes down to James Stefflin and Nikhil Harry. So, you know, it, it's tough. Like I said, I, I love James Stefflin, but I feel like they can uh, make up 
um, some of what he does with with different uh, schemes, whether it's bringing in an extra offensive lineman or, you know, maybe they do bring in another tight end. You know, they do have Ben Watson coming back, so, you know, a use for, for you know, some guy blocking, you know, off the edges is obviously something that, that they can do and, and help this running game, which has obviously uh, struggled in this early part of the season. But, um, you know, it's just it's unfortunate, but it's part of the, the football season, and I think uh, – you know, again, all, all of us, especially our, especially our circle of uh, of friends, I guess you want to call it, groups of people mm-hmm. who, who follow the Patriots, we all love James Devlin. And, um, you know, I think we all appreciate what he brings to the table. But uh, between uh, what he actually does and how it can be replaced, and really his injury. I mean, when, when people say neck injuries and back injuries, I mean, maybe it's just, just the word itself, but I, I, you know, I always pause for concern because especially at a position like his, where he's, he's facing a lot of head to head contact um, with, with, you know, other teams, biggest players. So for a lot of reasons, I feel like you're right. James Devlin is going to eventually be the odd man. out. Yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from, and I think that that's definitely a big part of this as well. I think what's happening, especially with Devlin right now, is I think they're going to err on the side of caution, and I'm so glad that you brought that up when it comes to Devlin, because he is nursing a neck injury, and we've heard differing reports on this. It could be an injury that is week to week, or it could be an injury that might even be, uh, you know, uh, something that affects, uh, you know, his, I, I don't want it's definitely, it doesn't look like it's career injury, uh, career threatening, I, I should say, uh, but it does look like it could be a, uh, a season ending injury. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of different uh, options here as well. The question that I want to put to you, and uh, I know my listeners are going to roll their eyes for a second, but before I preference, mm-hmm. before I ask this question, let me preference this as I'm asking this on a football standpoint, folks. Um, <laughs> do you believe that now, with Antonio Brown no longer on this roster, that that accelerates the need for a guy like Nikhil Harry to come back where maybe if they had A.B. on this roster, it might free up Devlin to come back along with Wynn, and they might use uh, that IR spot on Harry and kind of nurse him along until next year. Oh, absolutely. And I was thinking about this. I was like, you know, hey, just like six or seven days ago, you would have said easily just let, you know, let Harry sit on IR, get healthy, and, you know, redshirt him, essentially, his, his rookie season. And um, But now with, obviously, Antonio Brown gone, I mean, the, the Patriots' receiving core is not in dire straits. Let's, you know, they're, they're, they're still in pretty good position, even with, you know, they can probably sustain an injury. I mean, obviously, it's not ideal to miss Edelman for any extended period of time, but, you know, we've, we've seen this team, um, you know, be able to rebound. And, and like I mentioned before, Ben Watson is going to be back after, you know, this next week against Buffalo, and he's a, he's a great right. tight end. So, you know, you're bringing in another weapon, and, again, we know how this Patriots offense and Tom Brady is able to adapt to whatever's out there. And, again, even now without Antonio Brown, they have a really good group. You know, however, with Antonio Brown, you could easily just, again, just let – Harry get healthy because they could sustain sustain an injury or two and still trot out uh, a lineup that featured, you know, Jacoby Myers, Antonio Brown, or Josh Gordon, or take out Gordon and put in Edelman, or you, you know what I mean. So it, you know, having right. Brown obviously in the lineup, you know, obviously I think from a pure football standpoint, I think a lot of people would prefer, you know, outside of everything else that that came with him, um, and it would have obviously allowed them in this situation to. Uh, you know, make an easier choice. However, again, like at the end of the day, 
you know, the choice may be made for them given the extent of what Devlin's injury is. So, um, but right now, yeah, you're right. I, I definitely agree with you that, you know, if Antonio Brown was still on this team, then it, this, this decision would be much easier. And uh, I, I think you could just let Harry sit and heal. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it is a, uh, an interesting point that, uh, the in that offensive fire, Watson is actually in the depth blocker. A lot of people don't give him enough credit for being that, but he does have the ability to do that. Obviously, he's definitely a weapon in the offensive passing game, but he does have the ability to block as well. So they will miss uh, Devlin's production, no question about it. Let's see how Johnson can come out of the block and be able to do that. A lot of pressure to put on a rookie, but I think he's up to it. Switching gears now, and uh, I actually pumped your tires on the show a little yesterday, and I mentioned a tweet that you had put out during the game, or right after the game, about um, Jamie Collins and how really he's had, to me, a tremendous season. He's really been, I think, the most prolific defender, uh, certainly the most highly publicized defender on the Patriots this year, maybe not including Stephon Gilmore. But Collins has really looked so at home in the rings to the table, putting himself up for a possible defensive player of the year not at the end of the season. Uh, you know, I, that's the thing. It's like when I when I sit there and I watch him through these first three games, he just explodes off the screen. And you know, the the stats back it up. I mean, he, you know, he has a laundry list of different accolades already, and we're only three games into this season. And um, you know, nothing is more you know apparent than I, I. I was trying to look for it before we got on here, but um, there there was a series a uh, a a series for the uh, Jets towards the end of the game last um, yesterday or on Sunday. And um, Jamie Collins made all three stops in, in various forms on the uh, <laughs> on the three and out for the Jets, and it just kind of exemplified kind of what he's done this season. Whether it's you know getting in on the quarterback or, or sniffing out uh, uh, screen passes or plays in the backfield or, or deflecting passes or, or, or playing coverage, I mean he's just been all over the field. And you know uh, when I think about defensive play of the year, you know that people kind of lean towards the, you know, the big guns over there, you know, the Aaron Donalds, all that stuff. Um, but, you know, if he keeps up any sort of pace like he is now, especially in this, in, in this defense that has a lot of skilled players, I mean, it's going to be hard to ignore what he's racking up in so soon, you know, and uh, I, I've, I've been very impressed. And I, I think we, we were both optimistic that he was going to come and his second time with this team was going to be a little bit better. Maybe he was a little bit more humbled and a little, you know, obviously a little bit grayer in the hair, but you know, he, he just looks like a brand new player who, who just gets it. And uh, it, it's fun to watch. It really is. It really, really is with Collins. And, uh, you know, I think one of the biggest things uh, in the comfort level, and I had our good friend uh, Thomas Murphy on last week, and he had mentioned uh, the comfort in Jamie's bank account now, going to Cleveland, earning a little bit of extra money with some of the contract money that he earned there as well, and knowing that he doesn't have to come in here and essentially sing for his supper any longer. He's an established player. He can now sit back, take the coaching that he maybe he did not want to take this first time around because he won't target for someone that would be able to sign him for a long-term deal. I think now what he brings to the table is a much more relaxed approach, and you're seeing that, and he looks to be a hand-in-glove fit for this uh, uh, defense, and he has played great. Again, 
is my guest this morning on Locked On Patriots. He is the editor-in-chief of Full Press Coverage. And Ian, the Pats have looked dominant on defense. We just talked about Jamie Collins, the strength of this team. But a favorite subject of yours and my Patriots fans all over is Tom Brady. And he's still playing at an elite level. But some of the morning sports sports talk show fodder, excuse me, um, will have you believe that Brady is now an also-ran and that, you know, he's been leapfrogged by a guy like Patrick Mahomes. And before we start, look, I love Mahomes. I love his game. His Mm -hmm. skill set level is amazing. Good attitude. All of that. No question about it. But we're essentially talking about one season and three games into a career. And all of a sudden, he's been anointed as being better than guys like Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady. So my question to you is, why the attempt to push the nationally? What exactly has Brady done to relinquish the top spot? Because if there's anything he's done to do that, I certainly haven't seen it. No, and and that's always been kind of my contention is that, you know, let's ignore what Patrick Mahomes did. And look, he deserved the MVP last year. He had a remarkable season, and I'm right there with you. I love watching him play. He's on my fantasy team. I Trust me, I really like what he does. So, you know, it's it's not any disrespect to him, but it's I, I just don't understand what the point. I mean, I, I do get it because at the end of the day, it gets a reaction. I mean, hey, look, you know, we're sitting here talking about it right now. So, um, uh, you know, I understand why they do it, but it, it just seems strange to me that you would be in such a hurry to anoint someone who, who one, it's unfair to him. Two, it's unfair to, to, to Brady and, and Manning and the guys that have been here and done that for years and years and years. And then at the same time, it's, it's just wrong. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I keep bringing up the same thing you just said, and, and I ask people, like, what has, he done, what has Brady done to, to, to lose that title? I mean, he's been to four of the last five Super Bowls. He's won three of them. He's won an MVP in 2017. He's near the top of the league again this year in, in terms of, you know, raw statistics. And, you know, when you get deeper and, and dive into it, it's just a, a long list of reasons why, you know, a guy who, albeit had a, a phenomenal, great first season, is looks extremely talented. But there's so much more that goes into quarterback play than, you know, being able to, you know, huck the ball downfield 50 yards or whatever you know there's a lot more to it decision making reading defenses so on and so forth so uh, again i i think i i understand why these these shows do it and i understand why you know it gets a reaction because as as ridiculous as i think it is i still <laughs> i'll see it i'll walk away for five seconds and then it's the yeah, but you know what? And then it just opens up Pandora's box of <laughs> now we're arguing about you know how effective Tom Brady was in his first Super Bowl versus his third, and you know he got carried, although he led a, a fourth rank. I don't. It's 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 always devolves into just a mess of of nonsense. But but it starts with a mess of nonsense, and and when you say things like you know Patrick Mahomes is like the Golden State Warriors then you know you're just saying things to say things. And, that, and that's, right. to me, it's, it's, it's dumb. 
Yeah, and I did see that tweet this morning and some of the others. You know, obviously we're referring to Ryan Clark yesterday saying that Mahomes is better than any of these guys ever oh, were. Yeah. And then they're making, you know, they're making all different kinds of comparisons. And, you know, really I think what it is is it's really just an attempt to pander to the national contempt for Tom mm-hmm. Brady. I, and you know oh, what? Yeah. I can get it to a certain extent. I mean, I, I guess if he played for a different team other than the team that we cover and the team that we've grown up watching – we probably would be sick of seeing Brady, Belichick, and the Patriots as well. It's just it's one thing where they're your obstacle in being able to either a Super Bowl championship or a successful season. So part of that is, and these guys feed into it. They know exactly what they're doing. Most of them are professionals, folks. They're doing this from a position most. of saying, well, what's going to get me the most views, the most, most, exactly, yes, most. I will, <laughs> I will preface that. <laughs> but, you know, these guys are coming from a situation where they're looking at what is going to get them clicks, what's going to get them views, what's going to get their name out there, and what's going to get people talking. And, again, it's working because we're dedicating uh, a half a show to this today. <laughs> um, I did think it was very, very humorous. I did see a tweet come out uh, last night from Troy Aikman, and uh, the Athletic Kansas City issued, and in case you missed it, and I see why am I, uh, for Patrick Mahomes being having thrown 36% of Troy Aikman's career touchdown, about 8% of the games. And Troy responded with one that said, talk to me when he has 33% of my Super Bowl titles. And I thought that was funny. <laughs> but I did think it was appropriate because people are so quick to dismiss success in the biggest games. They have those hot takes, and I'm using the takes with a Z on the end of it, as you know, those guys love to do. I think it's really, it's amazing to me how success in the biggest games is so swept under the rug when it comes to something like this. And, you know, you can, right, we can get into the argument about wins being a quarterback stat. That's a, that, to me, that's an argument for another day. You and I both have like feelings on that. We both have strong feelings on that. But we'll even table that for a second. It just amazes me that people will dismiss the fact that a quarterback has had such great success in these big games. It's a team sport. We get it. But a quarterback has to play well, and they have to play effective in order for your team to even have a shot to win. To indicate that a quarterback can come in there, play an absolutely awful game, and still be able to win consistently. I'm not talking about one game here. I'm talking about a consistent record, and especially with Brady, with nine, with nine Super Bowl appearances, six Super Bowl titles. It's it's really it's mind-boggling that he does not get more credit for that, and it's really kind of almost used against him and derisively um, instead of being celebrated. No, and, and and look, usually the rebuttal from you know people that say quarterback that wins, and I I know you said we're going to table it, but it's inevitably going to leak into this conversation. Uh, you know, the people that uh, oh, say they aren't a stat are the same. You know, they use Dan Marino and Trent Dilfer, the the, the most extremes from each position, which is not uh, um, what you would say. uh, It's not genuine to the argument because, yeah, of course, there's going to be examples of, yeah, a a so-so quarterback won a a Super Bowl and a really good one didn't win one. But that's not the norm. You know, when you look at the long list of uh, players that are, you know, in the top ten of wins in quarterback wins, name me a guy that doesn't deserve to be up on that list. And, you know, right, when you talk absolutely. about, and again, you look, look at all these teams that say, oh, we need a quarterback to do this. We need a quarterback to do that. Oh, I can't wait to draft a quarterback first overall. The quarterback gets this. But um, when it comes to the quarterback having a hand in win, oh, no, it's a team sport. Okay, great. Yeah. But, you know, the quarterback literally touches the ball half the time. I mean, break it down 50-50 or 
40-40, 20% special teams. You know what I'm saying? Offense, defense. Very, very simple, simple math here. The quarterback right off the bat touches the ball 40% of the time. And as we've argued quite a bit, and um, there was an article, uh, Bill Barnwell actually um, wrote something mm-hmm. recently, and part, part of the segment was he was talking about the, uh, the offense's effect on defensive points per game. And this is something that we've hammered home to so many different people that try to argue, oh, the Patriots' defense has always been great and they've carried Brady. Well, well no, it, it really hasn't. They've been good to mediocre, but they really haven't mm-hmm. had a great defense until, you know, just now. Um, part of that is a quarterback's effectiveness. You know, if quarterback's turning the ball over and, and unable to move the ball downfield or sustain drives, guess what? The defense is going to be on the field a lot more. If you have a guy like Tom Brady who, A, doesn't turn the ball over, B, is notorious for uh, <laughs> incredibly long uh, in both time and play number drives and right. the ability to score consistently and keep the offense uh, moving, you know, their defense is going to be in a lot better position because guess what? They're going to have better field position to start. So, again, this all comes back to the quarterback. And, yes, is it a perfect stat quarterback wins? No, it's not. But – the idea that people can sit there and dismiss it as nothing and then break it down and be like, oh, you know, rings don't matter or success doesn't matter. Dan Marino didn't win a ring, blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's just silly, and it kind of exposes you to, you know, just being a, a very uh, a one-track mind football fan. Like, you have an idea. Um, that's what you're committed to. You've read the headlines, and that's it. You're, you don't want to hear anything else. It doesn't matter what else has, has been out there. It doesn't you know? It's just it how it's how it is. It's a vicious cycle that just continues and continues. But quarterback yeah. can start that. <laughs> yeah, and I agree with that. I, I, I absolutely do. And, and, and no, you didn't get off on a rant. I'm glad that you actually <laughs> did that because it does lend into the conversation. And again, when I said table it earlier, it wasn't so much that we weren't going to discuss it. It's just we could fill an entire show and then some on that, my <laughs> friend. And we've attempted to do this several times, so it's definitely oh, yeah. something that is a new subject to either one of us. But uh, again, the eloquence, bringing, I think, a level-headed approach to this and uh, kind of setting the record straight on a lot of what Tom Brady has done. Look, at 42 years of age, folks, he's definitely toward the end of his career. He's definitely you know, on that downswing rather than the upswing. However, at 42, again, he's playing at a very top level, and we definitely look for some big things again this year. Health permitting, we definitely look for that. So I think it'll be interesting to see what the season holds and how it all plays out this year in Foxborough. Ian, I can't thank you enough, bud. You always come on and lend your wisdom and counsel the way only you can do it. We've talked a lot about the, uh, the, the defense. We've talked a lot about the injuries, and we've talked a little bit about Brady. I'm going to put you on the hot seat really, really quick here. Patriots are taking on the Buffalo Bills this weekend, and we're going to start to turn the corner here on Locked On and centric show for the next few weeks uh, next excuse me few weeks next few days however uh what are you looking for in this game with the battle of the unbeatens coming up in orchard park well you know honestly i'm I'm really curious to see how the the patriots go up against a pretty young and exciting team i mean i think a lot of people thought the bills could make a little bit of noise this year and so far you know their defense has been you know really really good you know, the offense is a work in progress, but, you know, they have potential there at quarterback. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm just kind of curious as to, to, you know, where each team stands. I, you know, I obviously am a lot more confident in knowing that the Patriots are who they are. But I'm actually kind of curious to see if the Bills are who 
they are this year. You know what I mean? And I think the the mm-hmm. Patriots are going to be a really good test, and I, I, I think that's going to kind of give you a glimpse into what the you know the future in this season and this division is going to look like if the uh, Bills can really start to put things together. Awesome. And, you know, I think definitely it will be something to keep an eye on. And, uh, again, uh, really good defense, young quarterback. Uh, will be a good test for the Patriots this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Games up in Buffalo are always fun. You know, the Bills Mafia is going to be out in full effect. It's so the table. we'll definitely keep our eye on what's going to go on. Yeah, the tables, absolutely. And uh, we'll see. I'm sure that will be probably mild compared to especially this week. (laughs) Folks up in Buffalo are pumped for this. Uh, Ian, once again, thank you, my friend. Uh, Quickly, before I let you go today, if our listeners don't know already, and you should, but if you don't, uh, please let everyone know where they can find your great work and where they can follow you on social media. Well, of course, you can always go to fullpresscoverage.com, and uh, I I primarily cover the NHL now, but you you will see from time to time a few football articles out there from me. Um, but you can also follow me on Twitter where there is a lot of NFL talk and primarily Patriots and, and quarterback play and all that. So, and that is at IGLEN31. So I look forward to uh, maybe talking to some of you guys out there. Absolutely. And you know what? We definitely look forward to, and especially you mentioned the NHL coverage. Full Press NHL is doing an amazing job, folks, right now. Bruins definitely starting to uh, to get into the swing of things with preseason uh, and all the NHL teams. Uh, the NHL um, page for Full does an amazing job. Highly recommend it. Check it out. You definitely will not be disappointed. As for me, I will be back tomorrow, and it is Crossover Wednesday here on Locked on Patriots. I will be back with my colleague, Joe Marino, the host of Locked on Bills. He puts on an amazing show for the Bills Mafia and Bills fans up there. We look forward to the Pats Week 4 matchup with Buffalo on Sunday in Orchard Park. It's the Battle of the Unbeaten, and we will break it all down for you. As always, make sure to join me each and every day on the Locked On Patriots podcast and subscribe to Locked On Patriots via your preferred podcast provider. Once again, I am Mike DeBate. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a great day, everybody.